<laughs> You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. I think it's funny that before Fantastic Fest started, I think I turned to right and went, I have such sights to show you. And I had no idea what he was talking about. And then the third day, I'm like, your suffering will be legendary, even in hell. I still had no idea what the references were. And I then took it, like, literally, because I'm not doing the greatest right now. Well, you know, it's your first Fantastic Fest. You probably didn't take your emergency. No, I did not. And honestly, in the end, Jesus wept. (laughs) Nice. So you have seen Hellraiser 1 and 2. What? You've seen Hellraiser 1 and 2. What's a Hellraiser? Shush. <laughs> no, I'm one of the psychopaths that's actually seen all of them. I have not seen all of them. I've seen oh, yeah. almost all of them. There's a point, I think, where I just went, I can't do it. After the 18th? Yeah. Well, I didn't watch the, what is it, German? There's a bunch of German stuff, I think, or something. I don't know. Uh, uh, but the official no. release Hellraisers, I, I have not seen all of them. Seen, I think I've only missed one, um, and I didn't get... I got about halfway through the last one. Oh, was, Judgment or something, something like that? It's so terrible. It's yeah. unbelievable. It's oh, yeah. like unwatchable. Uh, and, you know, I mean, I always want it to be good because I love the first two Hellraisers so, so much. I love the original story, Hellbound Heart. I, I like, mean, yeah, I like the original story more than the films because I think in the end, what I've grown to appreciate about the story and the characters, I appreciate more the human characters rather than the Cenobites because... Mm-hmm. What the movies ended up devolving into is just they became like slasher villains. Well, they turned into like the later Nightmare on Elm Street sequels where yeah. it was all, almost ready for the Cenobites to start cracking one-liners, you know? I mean, Pinhead was Kinda. at some points, yeah. I mean, you get the fucking Pinhead. The, the, when they in the third one have a Cenobite who's like got CD discs to him because he was a DJ before, it's like, come on. Yeah. Like, stop. Or even like Pinhead is like, he does the whole like crucifixion and then yeah. he's laughing and the windows break behind him. Like, yeah. This is not Pinhead. I mean, the thing that was kept me going for a while was there were a lot of good comics that were made, actually. I've never read them, and I really want to. No, it's a, quite a few good ones with really big-name authors who came in to do it, because they were like anthology comics. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Mostly really recommended, as well as, surprisingly, the Nightbreed comic book, which is based on another Clyde Barker film. I have that. Which is really, really good. Yep. Uh, but... When it was announced that Hulu was going to be revitalizing the Hellraiser series, I went, oh, no. (laughs) They've only produced good things, though. (laughs) But then Prey came out, which, you know, their revitalization of Predator, and everyone's like, oh, this is actually really fucking good. Maybe, like, even the best one. Sure. You know, okay, Hulu, let's see what you got. And then when Hulu announced that they were getting director David Bruckner to do it, mm-hmm. who just recently did one of my favorite horror films the last couple of years, The Night House, I went, okay, all right, I'm interested. Uh, to no one's real surprise, here at Fantastic Fest this year, which is what Wright Sulek and Chris Cox here are covering on we our are. infestation show. Wait, where the hell am I? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I was like, 
the first one was a Disney thing, Werewolf by Night. And so everyone immediately went, it's going to be Hellraiser, the other thing. Because, like, I mean, usually these things do come in pairs with them getting the deals for secret stuff. And yeah. Uh, and it was like a very reasonable choice. Plus, then when they found out that the, the for press who had seen it super early, they couldn't talk about it until 10 o'clock the night of the secret screening right when, about when it would let out. I was right. Like, we're all like, okay. And guess what? It was in fact, it wasn't Hellraiser. Hellra- <laughs> no, it, it was a uh, black Panther, Pan- Panther, uh, Wakanda no, forever. No, it was not. Um, <laughs> but you know, I, I was very like almost shot in for a wanting around this. Cause I was like, everyone's so sure it's Hellraiser. I kind of hope it's like Birdemic four or something just to piss everybody off. Oh, so you mean, incredible no i definitely don't mean that <laughs> <laughs> well the thing is the 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 lady who was introducing david bruckner and jamie i forget her last clayton name, clayton uh who plays a pinhead or the priest the hell priest. the priestess yeah um and uh and the the screenwriters is that she was saying like they finally made a good hellraiser movie uh. and i'm like yes the bar was extraordinarily low by the way because mm-hmm. they don't have found footage mm-hmm. uh they've done space they've done no was that we were watching a documentary today it's like you can tell like uh, a horror franchise is on its last legs Usually when it either goes, you will make them kind of comedy now or they go to space. (laughs) Yeah. And oopsie daisy. Uh, Wasn't that one Scott Derrickson? It was. Space Hellraiser? That was Bloodline. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which is not insanely bad. I mean, it's still bad. It's not good. It's not good. But they're really... Because what I appreciate about that and also this one for sure, because the first and second one, the first one is just, you know, it's great. It can be a little boring here and there. Yeah. But the second one, what it does is it expands the lore, which this one does very, very well. Well, that's the strongest part here. Now, the weakest part is, and which I don't even think it's bad. It's just, okay, we're going through this again, is the fact that this is not, first off, this is not, it is a, it's a reboot or is it? Requel? It doesn't matter. It doesn't, it doesn't it's a, matter. It doesn't really tie directly into any story it's elements. It's just the, the box is there and it's like yeah. that in it's every movie It's another Hellraiser movie. The the main reason they're calling it a reboot is because Pinhead is now played by an actress instead of an actor. So you're like, okay, so maybe I, you could look at it either way. It doesn't matter. Mm. Um, but the weak part is just that like most horror films, it, there's a long buildup to shit actually happening. You that's, know? that's the thing is that what people don't remember sometimes, like with the general audience, that Hellraiser is not necessarily just a slasher gore. Fa- I mean, it's gory, right. yeah. but it's actually a very gothic, horrible Baroque. romance, Baroque romance yeah. movie between a psychopath woman who wants to be with her uh, ex-lover, even though she's married to somebody else. Yeah. And then her stepdaughter finding out like, wait a minute, she's killing men. I knew I didn't like her. Yeah. Um, and it's like, that's what the original story is. Pinhead and the Cenobites are in it for maybe like five minutes. Well, this one follows a new character named Riley, who is a junkie alcoholic who is in the program, but is not doing very well. No. Keeps falling back and has a boyfriend uh, who, you know, her, her, uh, brother who she lives with uh who's gay and his his boyfriend are both like who picks up a girl at a 12-step program and you're like yeah yeah it's yeah, a good point but yeah he doesn't seem like he's very good because like first off he she's drinking with him and second uh he's like hey you know this company i work with they have a bunch of warehouses and stuff and like rich people shit and there's this one like i know the key code and we go in there and steal whatever's in there i don't even know what it is i don't know who owns it but let's go in there and they go in and sure enough there's uh the cube 
the Hellraiser cube. It's called the Lament Configuration. Yes, indeed. And if you follow Hellraiser lore, please talk to me anytime. I'd love to talk to you about this. <laughs> Although they do kind of rephrase that in the end of the they film do, about and what I that means. I loved that. Yeah. 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 It was really cool. Yeah. There's a, yeah, it's Lamarchon's box. Is yes. technically the name of it. Yes. Because the creator in Bloodline, who you follow his story, you see him actually create the box. Okay, we can talk all day yeah, about this. Exactly. Uh, uh, it's getting to mythology. I don't want to spoil <laughs> necessarily with why, what the dif- difference is, but you know, it's one of the things I did like. Anyway, so long story short, they get the box. Uh, she ends up, of course, like accidentally opening it, and uh, it turns out the main difference here is that the, uh, the formations of the cube are different than we've seen before. That it does. Well, the formations also, matter. Yeah, they matter, and whenever it gets to a certain point of like solving the puzzle in a process of opening it up and you know you have to do it in stages yeah a knife comes out and cuts whoever like you know is trying to open it right then they are claimed by the centibite to appear right uh but in this particular case uh the riley the knife misses her and the centibites appear and like fuck all right well here's how this works if you get uh, was it five other people? Six, six other people, uh, to and feed them to us, basically. Uh, well, that that happens then, a little later. It's basically there's accidents that happen, right? No, but yeah. they do tell her like, bring us meat, bring us flesh, right, right. You know, and she doesn't know what any of this means. She's like just a junkie. She's not like an occult specialist or something, right? Anyway, all this also connects to like a guy we see in the the cold open, who's the super rich dude. Uh, uh, played by Goran Visinjic. I don't know how to pronounce his name, but you've seen him in shit. You, uh, <laughs> you, you have seen him. He's a very handsome man. Yeah. He's in like a on a in a TV show like a uh, like Chicago Hope at one point. Well, I he think he was in ER. That's what it was. He was in yeah. ER. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so uh, who was like had gone to great lengths to obtain the cube and was doing it to and setting up people to be killed by it to. Get it to its final form to petition the Cenobites to have an audience with God. Yeah, the the Leviathan. Leviathan. We don't know for what. We don't know what happened. Anyway, obviously, all this is going to come into play as the movie goes along. And honestly, it's not till we really start reconnecting with that cold open story, which is about three quarters of the way through the second act that this movie really goes from, yeah, this is all right to, Ooh, this is getting kind of good now mm-hmm. because he's got this big, crazy mansion that is designed specifically to, uh, interact with, um, uh, Cenobite dimension shit or to hold them out or to hold them out. Yeah. And when, once we get into all that stuff, I was like, okay, by the, by the end I was like, yep, I'm, I'm all in with this whole where it went. I just wish it had started earlier. Sure. I, I think the, the world building that this film did, it, it's obvious that the screenwriters, the director, everyone else involved with it are really big fans of the, the story, Hellbound Heart and the rest of, uh, Clive Barker's crazy shit. Yeah. And the films in, to to a certain degree, because ever look, let's just all get one thing straight. When like even the presenters saying like a Hellraiser is my favorite franchise, I'm just like ugh, because uh, like the first two movies are quote unquote good. I wouldn't say they're incredible or anything. I would say the second one is incredible. The second one is pretty fun of where it goes and again how it builds this world and what this all starts to mean mm-hmm. I, I think it's all very interesting and fascinating I, I would argue the second one is like all the third act of any other horror film because it literally starts with the second one first one stopped yeah and it's like we're just all in at this point right it's just boom 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 yeah boom. it's it's a lot faster it honestly it's it's a lot more fun because yeah. it just it cuts out all the fat 
but they appreciate all of the the films and what they're trying to go after. And also what Clive Barker was also trying to talk about mm-hmm. is that, you know, growing up as a gay man in London, he was into a BDSM scene quite a bit. And so it was a very transgressive story at the time that he was trying to talk about. Yeah. And then what, what we stayed for the Q and a a little bit and, David Ruckner uh, came up with the, they were coming up with the idea of like, well, I don't want them to have leather anymore. Now it's like body modification shit. Yeah. It's like, that's a really great well, I idea. I mean, them saying, look, like they're, the whole thing is the modification of the flesh. And why would they wear leather? Skin is just another, le- it's a leather. So like the redesign really works here because yeah. of the way them taking that into their thinking. I'm like, this is kind of gorgeous. The way they redesign the set. It's, it's great. And it works so well. Yeah, no, I agree. They are. I think there was a point where they kind of became after so many movies, just laughable. Cause you're just like, all right, this is getting a little silly. Well, uh, yes. Yeah. Like, I mean, even the original designs you look back on, you're like, I mean, come on. It's like, what are you going to try out for the Matrix? What's going on? <laughs> uh, it's like the Matrix trying to try out for the Cinnabites. Yeah, fucking Ben Ed showing up with a leather trench. You know, so, I would love to see him with a Uzi, just like pins, lots of pins. But no, I think overall, in the end, I was more much more pleased than not. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, there's only good three good Hellraiser movies, and I used to say two. So yeah, and now this is a part of that. Yeah, no, I I definitely think if real big fans, especially people who've been keeping up with like the comics and the other mythologies and the yeah. people who've written about it, I think they're going to be like, this is kind of more what we were hoping the series would evolve into instead of the silly, like like we said, like a, a sequelitis horror films that it became. Well, there's like one like a uh, Hellraiser Resurrection where like Pinhead is kind of fat and is there? He's he's, he's a little beefy. We're just like. What the hell is going on here? <laughs> well, uh, nothing against fat people because I mean no. I'm one of them. But the thing is, though, well, you know the fast food restaurants in hell. Say what you will about the rest of it, they are fucking good. <laughs> Leviathan Inn. Yeah. 